0: Hey, good morning, everybody. Thank you guys for being here with us this morning. Um, if you have your Bibles, will you turn with me to Matthew 13? Again, <laughs> Matthew 13, once again. We've been in this chapter uh, for several weeks now, um, and, and that's good. We have a, a, a similar context. Um, we have a sim- similar focus and once again we're diving into our parable series. Can I just say that it's good to, to just be with you this morning. This past weekend my wife Allie took a trip um, to go see her sister and and she took her mom and another sister. And they went to Florida and so I've had my four kids all weekend. So I resonate with the tired um, aspect. But just like Mary Beth said, um, gathering together on the Lord's day to open His Word, to sing together, there's just something that the Spirit does amongst us when we when we focus on learning together, singing together, encouraging one another. I'd like to make the argument that there's nothing else in this world that's like it, because it's a glimpse of heaven, just like Mary Beth was saying. It's just a small piece. So this morning, as we study God's Word, I pray that that unity would bind us together. If you were here last week, and you were here during our uh, inductive study, you'll remember that you only covered three verses. Our verses today are 31 through 33. That's it. But in those three verses, we have two parables. And today, I want to make the argument that those two parables have, if not the same emphasis, a very similar one. And that is that these parables explain that an unimaginable kingdom, that kingdom that I was just talking about that is united by the words of Christ, by the Spirit of God, by the blood of Christ, that that unimaginable kingdom is made possible through the simplest and smallest of elements. That the kingdom of God... That Revelation talks about is an innumerable people is made up of small, simple elements. And we're going to talk about each one of those today. So this morning, what I'd like to do is just three verses. So will you stand with me in in reading God's word together? Would you just stand with me and follow along? And may, may the words that God has put before us, may it change us, may it grow us as we're going to talk about this like the seed and the leaven in this parable these parables Matthew 13 31 through 33 says this he that is Jesus put another parable before them saying the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Let's pray. Father, we pray that we would see with eyes that have been opened that we would hear with ears that have been opened by your Spirit. And if we just go back a few verses in Matthew 13, we see the necessity of having your Spirit give us that ability. Grant us the grace to understand the weight of this passage. And so, Father, I pray, Father, I beg that you would give that to us today. Help us to see. Help us to hear. And change us to be more like Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Now, how many of you after reading this parable, these parables, how many of you this past week would say, yeah, I, uh, I actually held a mustard seed in my hand? Raise your hand. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. How many of you, after reading this, the second parable this week, held some leaven in your hand? Anybody? I think maybe, potentially, that would be more likely. Okay. Yeah, so this illu- these illustrations for us, if we're honest, it's kind of hard for us to resonate with, right? Because that's not, not, these elements aren't things that we, we handle every day. But during this time period, this would have been very, very common. These would have been illustrations that the people understood. And so if I have the liberty... To give you kind of a modern illustration of the point that Jesus is trying to make here, it's this. Okay, It's the game of soccer. The game of soccer is a very simplistic game. Now, we can argue about that, but just trust me here. Okay, Scott, okay? (laughs) The game of soccer basically is, if you're on one team, you try to get this ball into that goal. If you're on the other team, you try to stop them by... Getting that ball in another goal, and you can't use your hands. Okay? There we go. Now, to understand the simplicity of soccer, you have to understand this too how complicated American football is. Okay? If you were at the Super Bowl party, okay, and I tried to explain football to you, I'm so sorry, okay, because I did a poor job. It's complicated to try to understand, hey, downs and yardage and positions and schemes and penalties, all these things. Comparatively, soccer is way more simple. Okay? The point of that simplicity, and I'm going to come back to this illustration, the point is the very point here, is that Jesus emphasizes, notice, hey, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And what does he say? It's the smallest of all the seeds. That's it. That is the description that he gives. So the emphasis on the text is this, that this grand kingdom comes from this simple, small element. But it has a profound impact. And so the first thing I want to say, and for us to begin to think about is this, is that Christ's kingdom is simply sustained. Okay, the emphasis there is on the word simply. Basic. When when Jesus is explaining this parable, he's talking about how the seed starts so small. Even the point of the leaven is that this woman takes a little bit of leaven in several measures of flour and hides it, and the work of that leaven takes place. But it's only a little bit. That's all it takes. There is no need for grand measures in God's kingdom. There is no need for grand hurrah in God's kingdom. Rather, the kingdom of God requires only what is simple. Simple people. A simple gospel. And simple repentance and faith. In fact, when when Jesus begins his ministry, if you go back to Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus is coming out of being tempted in the wilderness. This is where he begins his ministry. He's already been baptized. He comes up to the people after being tempted by Satan. And what does he say? Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Now... The thing we have to remember about that passage, when Jesus says that, he's not, when he says that, angels don't break open the sky and start singing. He doesn't say that and, and the Father's voice you know, affirms his message. Yes, this is correct. No, you don't see any kind of grand hurrah. You don't see a, an innumerable army behind him. Hey, here's the kingdom. No, what do you see? You see a man with a message. And that's it. It's simple. It's overwhelmingly basic. But this perspective on God's kingdom, the growth of God's kingdom, runs counter to much of what we see and experience in so-called Christianity today. Instead, we think that God's kingdom, in order for God's kingdom to grow and expand, we think that God's kingdom needs our help. God, you need me. God, you need my intuitiveness, my charisma, the way that I talk to people, my friendly smile, my intellectualism my winsome words. That's what we think it it takes to build God's God's kingdom. And we totally forget the simple nature of growth that takes place. We think that God's kingdom doesn't need simple people, but celebrities and fame. Man, if, if, if we could just get a celebrity to believe in Jesus, then man, then people would start to believe. We think that we don't need a simple gospel, but we need a relatable one. We need one that people can kind of, you know, ease their way into, right? And then we'll come back and we'll give them some clarity, some doctrine, you know, kind of rough out the edges. We think that we don't need, we think we need a a message of, Acceptance and inclusivity. Not a message of repentance and faith. And we think that that is what will build God's kingdom. God's kingdom will grow if we have those elements. But here's the thing. And, and here's, here's the whole reason I bring up that distinction. Okay? I'm not getting on a soapbox. I'm telling you the truth. The reason we need a simple gospel... And not a relatable message. The reason we need simple people that are committed to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That includes a message of repentance and faith. Is because each of those simple elements require dependency on God's work. It requires that God does the work. When the sower goes and he sows that seed... When that woman goes and she plants that leaven in the flower, the expectation then is that seed will grow into a tree. And the expectation is that leaven will do its work in the flower. Why? Why would they expect that? Why would they expect that a seed becomes a tree and that the leaven will have this effect on the flower? It's because that is what those elements have proven themselves to do. And can I tell you, simple people, simple gospel, and simple repentance and faith has proven itself time and time again. And yet we are so quick to abandon it. We we want to be the ones that say, yeah, I did it for God's kingdom. No, God did it for his kingdom. He just used me. Students, it is natural, and, and I needed to hear this this morning, it is natural to expect a seed to become a tree, leaven to do its work and flower, but let me, let me make this a little pointed towards you. It is proper to expect that as you study God's word each week, in here, at home, with your family, with friends, at school, as you study God's Word, as you surround yourself with people, friends, leaders, pastors, whoever it is that will pour the gospel into you, as you surround yourself with those people, when you come in here on Sunday morning and you, you sing the gospel to God for one another, It is expected that growth takes place. It is expected that you will grow. Because those are the elements that take place, that take root in your heart. Which actually leads to the second point I want to make. Is that these two parables, both the seed and the leaven, emphasize that Christ's kingdom is Is significant in transformation. The mustard seed does not stay the same. The leaven does not does not sit dormant in the flower. And to to go back to that illustration, that modern illustration of soccer, okay, soccer has an international pool, right? Thousands and thousands of people, nation after nation, understand this simple game. And it unites people. Right? You think about how many leagues and events and all these things that take place around a sport. Now if we look at these two parables, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. I need you to think if we look at these two parables and we say, well, what's the common denominator? What are both of these talking about? Hopefully you saw this last week, but both of these parables are talking about growth. Right? Transformation. But if we could ask the question, well, is there a difference? What's the distinction between the two parables? I'm going to say that I think there is a distinction. And it's a slight one, so I need you to focus. I need you to look at the the text. If you look at the end of the parable of the mustard seed, the very end of that parable, what do you notice is the conclusion? What's the result of that parable? Someone just yell it out. Great job, thank you. Yes, the birds make its nests in the branches. Now, you can go and you can look this up. I don't have time to explain, but let me, let me, just trust me here. Many biblical scholars say that that reference is a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. Specifically to the Gentile nations coming into the kingdom of God. Okay? So that little section is a a reference that God's people are coming together and finding unity, rest in this kingdom. Now, look at the second parable, the parable of the leaven. Look at the very end of that parable. What's the result of that parable? Let me ask this. What's missing from that parable compared to the first? Do you see a bird coming in, right, and resting on a piece of bread? That would be kind of weird, right? Do you see this lady coming in and cutting a piece off and slapping some butter on that bad boy and eating it? No. How does the parable end? The parable ends with the flower being leavened. That's it. The end. End of parable. Well, where are you going with this? Here's my point. Both of these are talking about transformation. But the parable of the mustard seed is talking about an external transformation, an external growth, while the leaven is talking about an internal one. Okay? So let me explain what I'm talking about there. When I... Hear the gospel. And God radically changes my heart. His spirit changes my perspective on life. I believe in Christ. I trust in Christ. In that moment, I begin a spiritual growth internally. I begin to grow. I begin to surround myself with people that love me. By sharing the gospel with me. By teaching me and mentoring me what it means to grow in the faith. And so what that looks like is now I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm desiring God's word. I desire to be holy. Not perfectly. Because I still have this flesh. But I desire God More. I desire the things of God more. And all of those things take place right here. I long for Christ more. But here's the cool thing. That's the internal transformation. That when I become part of God's kingdom, that begins to take place. But here's the cool thing. As that's taking place, I'm like, dude, I gotta tell somebody. Dude, I gotta tell what I'm learning, what I'm seeing. And so what I do is I go over here to my man, Adam. And I'm like, dude, you, i got to tell you about what's going on, right? i got to tell you what I'm learning and what I'm understanding, how Christ is changing me. And all of a sudden, me and Adam, we're having these conversations about Christ. And guess what? By sharing the gospel with him, by God's Spirit working in him, listen, now, stand up for me. Now, my man right here, now he loves Christ. And guess what's taking place right here? Wait, where's your heart? This side. Okay? Okay. <laughs> Guess what's taking place right here? Internal spiritual growth. Right? And we're still talking. He's growing. He's going to church. He's, he's surrounding himself with people that love the gospel. That includes me. And guess what? He's like, man, I, I need to tell somebody too. This is awesome. Okay? So he goes this way. I go this way. Right? And I'm, I'm sharing... Sure, hey, what's up? I'm Chris. Hey, nice to meet you. Stand up. Okay? Now I'm sharing the gospel here. And I'm like, hey... This is taking place. Then I come over here. This is taking place. I'm coming over here and this is taking place. Notice the growth that's taking place. Not only is it internal, 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 but it's external. Young, sit down. Thanks. It's external. And what that means is, as I'm growing in Christ, Christ is building his kingdom. Because this person who yesterday. Didn't want anything to do with God. Loved his flesh. Loved his sin. Guess what today? Man, he loves Christ. And he's growing in Christ. Why? Because Christ is faithful to build his kingdom, both externally and internally. But how? Was it through celebrity status? Was it through a relatable message? Was it through acceptance and inclusivity? No. It was through a simple man sharing a simple gospel of repentance and faith. And Christ builds his kingdom. So Students, I want to ask you a few questions. I've been talking about these simple elements. I've been talking about this simple gospel. But I am scared right now to ask you, any of you right now, to tell me, what is that simple gospel? I'm scared. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to see a raise of hands. I want you to ask yourself, can I right now, based off of what I know about Christ, can I lay out the gospel to a non-believer? if a non-believer stormed through those doors right now and said, what is this? What is the gospel that I keep hearing about? Would you be able to? To say, this is the gospel that changed my life. I'm scared. I, I don't know the answer. But I'm frightened that many of us in here would not be able to lay it out sufficiently. And here's the sad thing. You claim Christ. You, cl- you claim to have been changed by that simple element, but you can't lay it out to a non-believer. And I, and I asked that question. I wrestled whether I really wanted to ask that question because I don't mean to shame you, but I'm, I mean for you to be serious. If you claim the kingdom of Christ, you claim to have seen, to have believed, and to have known the simple gospel. My second question is this. Do you see that these parables humble us? They humble us to the point where we say, God, who am I? Who am I to go out and to share with friends and family and in school people that I don't even know? Who am I to go up to them and to say hey, Christ has done a work in me by his spirit, by his gospel and I just want to share it with you. It humbles us to know that Christ does the work. It's amazing how a simple game like soccer has become an international phenomenon. I mean, look it up. Even through wars, turmoils, arguments, World Cup still happens. Over 200 nations involved in that. It's amazing. It unites people together. unites nations together. But it is not even close. Not even on the same soccer field to how the simple gospel unites a people. It does not compare because simple people go out and teach and proclaim the gospel. And by that, Hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of people from all time and for all time are united together in the name of Christ. Students, if you claim to be growing internally, if you long to see people and nations come to Christ then you are part of the kingdom. A kingdom that is growing both in number and in holiness. And I pray that as we close, that we would ask God to grow us and unite us in Christ. Will you pray with me? Father Christ has promised that he will build his kingdom. He will grow it. He even says that the gates of hell will not stand against it. And that's not because of the intrinsic power of that kingdom or the sheer number of that kingdom, it's because of the Savior. The power of Christ. But Father, we have been tasked as simple people to go and share a simple gospel. And Father, thank you that you give us the assurance that when we do that, when we go and we faithfully share the gospel, Yes, we may face ridicule. Yes, we may face persecution. Yes, we may even be killed for the message we share. But your kingdom will be built. And Father, we give you great glory because you have promised that. You will have your people. And so Father, we pray that you would grow us Father, would this right now, in the hearing of your word, would that grow us to be all the more holy, all the more righteous, and all the more like Christ. And we will give you the glory in Christ's name. Amen.